Hello and welcome to the Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks about the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Cambo and I'm your host, but I'm not alone because joining me as always is actor and comedian, and I think I'm pronouncing this right, Den Potter. Wee <laughs> wee, oui, oui, Christophe yes. Pierre. Because <laughs> I think I've been saying Eden Porter Incorrect. every week. Incorrect. And now I look like a fool. Uh, so thank you for joining me once again. Thank you for having me, my friend. Now, this is our final movie of the first series mm. of Council Movie Report, and it's something that is near and dear to your heart. What is that? Big time. Well, my friend, it is a film... 65 million years in the making. <laughs> That's right. Today we're going to be talking about the unmade Jurassic Park 4. And Jurassic Park is something that you love, correct? Absolutely love Jurassic Park. Okay. At, we're well, basically, we've done a lot of our comedy show <laughs> based on Jurassic you Park really gags. Have, you really have. <laughs> okay. Well, without any further ado, let's get into it. Jurassic Park 3. We all remember yes. the lovely Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> um, didn't do too well. 2001, that one came out. They seem to um, really tread the same old tropes as the original Jurassic Park. Very similar. And so there was a bit of a thought of what, what else can you can do with this franchise? Yeah? It's sort of had diminishing returns at this mm. point. Each one's got slightly less box office. And if Taylor Leone can't save it, then I don't know what I would. don't know. Can. I, don't know <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. So then along comes Joe Johnson and Steven Spielberg. Joe Johnson um, directed the third one. Yep. Steven did the first two. They had an idea about dinosaurs uh, reaching the mainland and starting to breed rapidly. Um, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum were set to return, but they had Kira Knightley oh. involved at that point. Um, but they couldn't find a director. They couldn't get it off the ground. And so it stalled until... The year 2004, when John Salis came along, who um, you might have known him from writing, directing Passion Fish and, <laughs> and Lone Star. What? Look him up, Cambo. I, I, I won't. No, good. <laughs> um, he came along as the new director for Jurassic Park franchise. And um, so he, he, he had this idea. Uh-huh. He took it to Stephen. Stephen wasn't sure about it. Okay. <laughs> he came up with an idea to turn dinosaurs into weapons. And he's going to set it. In the Swiss Alps. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. But as far away from the original Jurassic Park as you could possibly get. So, Stephen, they worked on the script for a little while. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it was too far away from what Stephen liked, and so it didn't move anywhere. What, so, What I've learned over this series as well is Steven Spielberg entertains some bullshit, doesn't he? <laughs> Big time. He never just, like, like rejects something. He was always like, oh, work on it. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, he never just comes out and says, I don't want to do that. <laughs> It's ridiculous. So if we think about the Jurassic Park timeline, mm-hmm. just let's go back for a second. So sure. Jurassic Park, 1993, mm-hmm. first one came out, made a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lost World was 97, that made 600K. Jurassic Park 3 um, with Joe Johnson directing it. And interesting to know, he actually directed, do you recognise his name? Oh, yeah, Captain America, right? He did. Yeah. He did The Rocketeer, Jumanji, yeah. Captain America. Yeah, he, he's normally like a go-to for like thrilling action adventure. Yeah, but did you also know that he also played... Death Star Trooper number one in the original Star Wars. Really? Yeah. Death Star <laughs> Trooper goes number with the, one. With the helmets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is wow, um, So Jurassic Park 3 really hit rock bottom for yeah. them. Then in the mid 365K. And then Jurassic World came along, one, made $1.6 billion. <laughs> Crazy. And then we had Fallen Kingdom in 2018, made 1.3. So this is where we're at. The yeah. Moment. So it was like a, an, an injection shot back with Bam. Jurassic World, but it's already starting to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what's actually happening here at this point is John's had this idea. They have talked to some people about casting. Uh So some names that were thrown around very, very loosely were um, Jeremy Piven from Entourage (laughs) um, and Emmy Rosam 
Oh, yeah, okay. Um, do you know yeah. her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the last film she did was Cold Pursuit mm-hmm. with Liam Neeson. Yeah. Um, That's a so crazy film, the, by the way. <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> um, and then also Richard Attenborough was going to return Great. as well yeah, for yeah. his role. Jeremy Piven as the main... They didn't say. They okay. said he was just a tattoo. I'm thinking nah, more he'd be the, the slimy bad yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> the slimy bad guy. That's what I'm thinking. So the, the, the tone for this film was very action-adventure, military, bit mm-hmm. of spy drama in there. Um, and very sort of initially quite heavy on the dinosaurs and uh-huh. things, and which is what you want. Yeah. But it, it, it tends to go into a slightly different direction at okay. the end. And um, Jurassic Park movie, but not necessarily set in a park. Correct. Not mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> misleading title, really. Yeah. Um, let's just start off by, I just want to ask a question for Cambo. Sure. What is your favourite dinosaur before we get involved? <sighs> Do you have a favourite dinosaur? As a kid, yes. mm. my favourite was always the Triceratops. You're a Triceratops kid. I am kid. a Triceratops kid. I can see kid. that. I can and see it that. it was an angsty teen. It was always the Velociraptor. You went back to, okay. Because so it was the cool one, right? Yeah. And, and then as a little kids, as a full, the As a full-grown adult. I love I love a T Rex. It's a classic. It's the vanilla. Oh, it's the vanilla ice cream of dinosaurs. I, feel, I understand. I feel like you have been very influenced by Jurassic Park. Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, our entire generation's love of dinosaurs comes from Jurassic Park. This is true. But I think look, I'm a, I'm a couple of years older okay. than you. Yeah. And I was actually obsessed with dinosaurs before Jurassic Park. Oh, so Jurassic Park was like your ultimate movie. Yeah, that was when it came out. It like blew my mind. But I was like, oh, where where are all the dinosaurs that I love? So my, <laughs> one of my favorite was the Dimitri Don, uh-huh. which has a big sail sort of on his back and he's on four legs. Mainly, a lot of my, actually, thinking about it now, maybe it was because of Dino Riders. <laughs> Do you know Dino Riders? Yeah, there was yeah. a series of books. Yeah. yeah. It was a yeah. cartoon about dinosaurs with guns on them and, yeah, it was really cool. And there's great. also Dinotopia was a different yeah, was series book. of books. Yes, yeah, that actually was really cool as well. Um, so I love dinosaurs mm-hmm. and when this came along, it really blew my mind. So now let's step back into the world of Jurassic Park uh-huh. 4. Little League Field, Middle America. This is where we lay our scene. It's a sunny afternoon. Everyone's playing baseball. The community's really out and about. We've got Dad flipping burgers with the dog at his feet. The game is in full swing with kids running back and forth, and the dog starts barking up at the birds, and a little girl is looking up to the sky. Little Timmy, who's uh, not Major League Baseball material, uh, is uh, under a fly ball when his team's yelling at him to catch it, catch it. He wobbles back and forth, but then... Snap! A huge black pterosaur swoops out of the height and snatches the ball in its razor-sharp bill. Everyone looks up into the sky, jaws open. Another pterosaur grabs a burger out of the dad's hands. <laughs> looks like a World War II dogfight. All these, all these pterodactyls flying around, grabbing things, and everyone starts running off in every direction. Kids are screaming. Um, one of the kids is running past third base with a, with a pterodactyl flying <laughs> in behind him. Is it him. like uh, South by Southwest? <laughs> it is very <laughs> South by Southwest at this point. No, sorry, North by Northwest. What am I talking about? What's what South by Southwest? I, I, I was thinking of Southwest Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> it's very North by, by Northwest. Northwest. <laughs> um, we, see, uh, we see a leash hanging out of one of the uh, pterodactyl's <laughs> mouths. The dog's no longer barking. The Jurassic uh, Park series is not good to pets. No, no not at all. <laughs> Um, one person stands in the middle of the field recording on his handycam. The pitcher, as he runs away, is lifted up by his shirt. Timmy runs back, grabs the pitcher's legs, holds him there, and then one of the dads comes in with a baseball bat <laughs> and starts wailing on these pterodactyls. The pterosaurs all end up flying off into the afternoon sun. We then cut to the news. 
The aftermath of the attack is all over the, the TV. We find out that similar incidents have been hitting communities in Central America and Mexico, and now they're reaching America. This has led to the creation of the United Nations Task Force to terminate these animals. Other animals have also reached the mainland from Isla Nuba, the site of the notorious Jurassic Park disaster. Shots of a, a, a Compsthenacus on driftwood floating to the mainland. Um, they're about. Uh, do you know what a Compsthenacus? No, what's that? They're the little compies from uh, the Lost World. You know the little oh, ones yeah, that yeah, like yeah. size of chickens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. If you don't know a dinosaur, just raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll explain it for you. Um, we also find out that a new company took over the park, Grendel Corporation. Grendel. They're a, they're a Swiss company that now controls the island. We're now at the beachfront bar. Yeah, we pan out to Nick. Harris. He's an unemployed soldier of fortune watching the news, skeptically uh, nodding back and forth, shaking his head. Nick? It's you, right? Well, well, well. If it isn't Captain Overton. Oh, please. I look more like Captain Crunch in this outfit. Man, I haven't seen you since we... Yeah. Have you heard from any of the guys? No. Haven't been in the loop for quite some time. Well, Wilkins drove his car off a cliff. And Stefano, well, peacetime is rough for a lot of people. About you? Oh, I am a bionic security guard. <laughs> yeah, state of the art. I'm in charge of the lockup over at the Avery. It's like this giant zoo for birds. Well, I always said you were for the birds. <laughs> hey, listen, uh... Are you still consulting? Yeah, I haven't had a contract in about three years. Yeah, but I mean, like, if there was one, you know, a lot of money, a little travel, a little adventure. You've been looking for me. More or less. Well, it's not exactly a stepping stone for bigger, better things, what we do, is it? <sighs> Who's it for? Well, what? uh, he's kind of strange. Yay. Okay, so he's been reluctantly recruited. <laughs> yes, our soldier classic, of fortune. Classic move. Okay, so I wonder who's um, I wonder who's hired him. Let's just go straight into it. Oh sure. Yeah. They can get rather territorial in captivity. Of course, it doesn't put me in the best of moods either. You're not in captivity. Oh, you just can't see the chains. My late heir managed to get me declared incompetent. My minders are bribed to spy on me for my enemies. You have enemies? Did you know that I'm the most sued person in the history of the world? It's in the Guinness Book. You could look it up. Prominent law schools devote entire semesters to my malfeasances. Regulatory statutes bear my name, not the legacy I had in mind when I started out. But a legacy nonetheless. We look back at our lives and we try to tally up the things we are proud of against the regrets. Do you have regrets, Mr. Harris? Yeah, more than a few. At the moment, my greatest regret, other than having spawned the careers of thousands of taught lawyers, is having put an evil into the world that may become permanent. An evil that must be eliminated before it spirals out of control. Your dinosaurs? Yes, my dinosaurs. How much do you know about them? Look, most of them have been wiped out. 
A couple of species have been making a, a nuisance of themselves. Whenever but... a new organism, especially a predator with no natural enemies, is introduced into an ecosystem, the result is disastrous. Look, pest control isn't my line of work. I'm not proposing you run about with a butterfly net, Mr. Harris. The most effective weapon against any species of its own behaviour, particularly its reproductive behaviour... Take a population of any wild animal and introduce a number of highly aggressive but reproductively neutered individuals within it. A Judas strain, so to speak. So you'd cut down the birth rates? Who better to locate our errant creatures than their almost identical kin? And I'd give them a disease, too. Viruses mutate faster than lawsuits, I'm afraid. Too much risk, they begin to affect other species, but a large influx of young, aggressive, sterile, but sexually attractive females... Well, that sounds like a college boy's dream. And the only solution, I believe, to our present crisis. Okay. Well, it sounds good to me. But not to the United Nations. They've laughed off my proposals, outlawed not only the creation of any new dinosaurs... Sterile or not, but also prohibited the worldwide mining, sale, or possession of amber. Oh, so no little uh, mosquitoes trapped in tree set. Means no basic genetic material to work with. But even if you had these genes, you could... Among the people on the board of this Avery, funded through a trust I set up before my legal difficulties began, are some of the finest genetic scientists in the world. People who would be happy to risk implementing my plan if a source of the vital DNA could be located. Something tells me you've found one. I didn't find it. I left it behind. A former employee of mine, a Mr. Nedry, at the behest of one of my more unscrupulous competitors, conspired to steal a large quantity of genetic material, enough to engender at least 40 species from our laboratory at the park. It was his misfortune, however, to attempt this clandestine transaction during a a period of severe technical malfunction at the facility. We were forced to abandon the island before his exact fate, or that of the material he had stolen could be determined. What about the people who took over the island? Grendel International. If they had found it, they wouldn't be constantly pressuring me to reveal its whereabouts. I have good reason to believe they might be the people who engaged Nedry in his betrayal. Yeah, but why would they want dinosaur genes? I shudder to think. Major Overton tells me you're an expert in covert operations. Yes, I was trained as a Navy SEAL. I've been involved in, let's say, missions... In and out of uniform. We know the sector Nedry was in when he disappeared. The stolen material seems to have been hidden in an aerosol can of some sort. What? Deodorant? Given the state of Nedry's personal hygiene, I doubt it. We can provide you with a map. There aren't any dinosaurs left on the island. Grendel International claimed to have restored equilibrium. They maintain a small security force there to discourage trespassers. So I go to the island and I steal this... claim. I bring this can of DNA back to you. That's it. Captain Overton will be your contact. 
you will be amply rewarded for your risk, of course, with a generous bonus if you succeed. So, well, I've done worse for less. You've got a deal. Excellent. Now, would you care for a Sunday? Classic, classic. Classic <laughs> John Hammond's there. So John Hammond, he's back in the picture. He's back. And he I feel like he always drops in in the later Jurassic Park films for like a scene. Yes. To kind of send someone on a mission. Yeah, exactly. Because isn't that not similar to the Jeff Goldblum scene in Lost World? Pretty much. Yeah, just yeah. getting one of the old characters back yeah. just to set everyone in their little path yeah. and everything. Even at the start of The Lost World, he has that little scene at the start, John Hammond, where he tells the yeah, yeah. he had to go back. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's good. So, and unless I'm mistaken, he's going to go and get the canister yes. from the original Jurassic Park. Which I like. Yeah, which that's I great. really like. Yeah. Because that's like a, I feel like that's a an obscure icon of the Jurassic Park world. Everyone thinks yeah. of like maybe the mosquito and amber. Yeah. But the can. The Barbasol the bar- can. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, And great. it's even still sprays stuff <laughs> yeah. like shaving cream as well. And Nedry's like, ooh. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's set it up. That's mm-hmm. set up the premise. So let's get back into it. Let's do it. We're now on a fishing boat. Just an aerial shot of Isla Nuba, the original island. Sure. Overton is in the boat with Ramirez, who's the, the captain of the boat, and Nick's there. Um, they start pulling on scuba gear. Nick takes a camouflage raft, full, fills it full of supplies, drops down into the water. He starts paddling across to the island. Nick gets there, pulls all the supplies onto shore. He gets changed and pulls out an automatic combat shotgun, loads it up. He plants a homing device and he walks off into the jungle. <laughs> so we're now on the original island. Yeah, great. And he's going in there. Okay. So now we're in the jungle. Nick makes his way through the old tourist pathways and he checks his GPS. And as he's walking through, we then pan up to a nearby lamppost to see a surveillance camera swiveling to follow Ooh. him. Yeah. He checks his GPS again and reaches a small clearing. He climbs a rise and sees an abandoned, rusted-out four-wheel drive. He peers inside to find... Now, another question for Cambo. What yep. do you think he finds inside? Right. Okay. Given the nature so far, I want to say it's like another callback to the original... Maybe Is it the binoculars, maybe? Okay. It's slightly better than that. It's Dennis Nedry's skeleton. Oh. <laughs> Oh, cool. And uh, he then proceeds with the quip, mm-hmm. looks like you've dropped a few pounds, <laughs> which makes no sense. Yeah, because he didn't know him. He didn't know him. <laughs> I assume you were fat. <laughs> Just fat shaming this skeleton. <laughs> it's outrageous. Um, he looks through the car and it mentions this in the script. The car is full of old candy wrappers. <laughs> Which it wasn't, because he was driving there in yeah. the middle of the rainstorm. He wasn't sitting there having sex, and it wasn't his personal car. Do you reckon, uh, were this to be produced, <laughs> watching it on the screen, Wayne Knight, yeah. Nedry, would have been like, what the hell? What the hell, man? <laughs> I've slimmed down. Yeah. This is outrageous. This is absolutely I, outrageous. I understand I had a problem, but, jeez, they're really rubbing it in. They're really rubbering this. Mem- remember, Nedry was fat. Remember, he was fat. Because <laughs> that's like the thing about him. That they yeah, want you to remember. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, Nick then pulls out a metal detector and he starts searching the area. We cut back again many hours later. It's sort of in the later afternoon. There's a bunch of wooden stakes all gritted out on the ground. He moves the detector again and suddenly it crackles. He starts digging, digging and digging and digging and then pulls out the Barbasol. Yes. Man. Yes. Great. Well, he got that pretty quick. Yeah, he did. Ex- exactly. That's not the whole story. Because yeah, we haven't even got to the Swiss Alps yet. <laughs> 
He calls back to Overton. He asks for extraction. He starts walking back when he hears... Bellagio! Bellagio! Six security rangers in camo uniforms all run out from different directions. Then out comes Sergio. He tells Nick not to be afraid and that they only want the can. Sergio looks him up and down. It's very good we find you before the dinosaurs do. Nick suddenly starts looking past Sergio. Sort of glancing in the jungle behind him. Sergio laughs. You've got to do better than that. Then a raptor lunges out. Oh yeah, things kick up pretty quickly. A raptor lunges out, grabs a hold of Sergio and drags him back into the jungle. Deep Anna- blue sea style. Oh, massively. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Another raptor pops out from a hole near their feet. Now these are excabular raptors, diggers. That's what they're oh. calling here. So these um these are made up dinosaurs right. for the film. But by the premise is they they burrow. They burrow exactly. Oh, but cool. it's like, mate, you got so many dinosaurs. Pick a real dinosaur. Yeah. You don't need to make these up. They've got bow legs with huge mole-like digging claws, and at the end of their the powerful forelimbs. So they so they yeah. use that to dig. They're not as big as some of the other raptors. Um, they are made up for the movie. I do have a picture of what they oh, thought they would yeah, look great. like there. So um, that's one just there. Okay, so, so it's, it's right. quite ridiculous. It's, uh, is this a, is this official concept art? Yeah, this is official. Because it's quite cartoony as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so they, yeah, they've got the really long claws. Really long claws. And if anyone's listening and you want to have a look at this, uh, go to the link in the bio. We've got the blog set up. All of the concept art that we're talking about, you'll be able to see yourself. Uh, the really long claws and the... Yeah, it, and look at this guy. That's, that's a long claw. Yeah, because, I mean... They look a lot like a regular raptor, like, you know, head, like long yeah. tail, yep. the, the raptor head. But it just has these kind of like, the raptors have the little arms. Correct. These but guys- these just got these like kind of, like like these kind of bulbous arms with these long claws on them. Yeah. But they're still still quite menacing. Yeah. Still and quite, in fact, menacing. the idea of making up dinosaurs is something that they did start doing in Jurassic World anyway. This is true. This I mean, is even true. the Spinosaurus, right, from Jurassic Park 3. That's real. Is, is that that's a real that's dinosaur? That's 100% real. Yeah, and it actually, it's, it, no, no, no. Its length is actually longer than a T-Rex. Is it really? But it mainly ate fish. Right. You see? <laughs> yeah. They've made up these raptors and they realise they've been standing in a network of burrows. Oh. Yes. Rangers start firing off in all directions. Raptors jump out from all angles. Some of them come out from the tunnels underneath them, grab them by their feet and drag them into the yeah, holes. Yeah, great. Nick starts running off into the jungle as guns fire and screams ring out. A digger starts chasing him. Nick trips, turns around, bang, shoots the digger in the face. It falls. Nick junks up again, starts starts running. Another digger starts sniffing him out, starts roaring and chases him as well. Nick runs into a clearing, sees another abandoned vehicle with faded Jurassic Park logo on the side. He runs up next to it, catches his breath, reloads his shotgun, and then a bunch of Cobs of Nakuses jump out from the car. They're popping on top of the hood and on now, the doors. Now, are they the frill dinosaurs? No, 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 no. These are compies. These are the little guys again. Oh, the again. little ones, right. Yeah, these are the little guys again. So they've been, uh, they've been sort of nesting in this car. Another one comes out. Another one, another one. Then suddenly there's about 24 of them there. They all start jumping at Nick. He whirls around, fires his shotgun, kills about half of them. <laughs> then he gets up, starts running. They start chasing him. He starts running, running. A few of them start jumping on his back. He drops his shotgun. He sees a building at the end of the clearing. Right. He jumps. Now, this is what it describes in this, in, 
in the script. He leaps at a glass window, uh-huh. shatters it, flies through, turns around in midair, <laughs> pulls out his pistol, <laughs> lands on the ground, and then shoots three compies out uh-huh. of the air behind him. Uh-huh. This guy's a badass. So this is what I'm seeing. These are the similarities I'm seeing already. Uh, and it was part of the reason I, I don't love Jurassic World. Yeah. In fact, I think it's just fine. Yeah. And part of the reason I didn't love it is... Uh, in the first one, you've got like Sam Neill and he's a paleontologist and he's in yeah. way over his head. But by Jurassic World, you've got Chris Pratt, yeah. who is like this action hero. Nothing can defeat it's him. Owen. He's doing these, like he would do something like that. He would jump through a glass plate window, spin around, pull out a pistol and shoot some dinosaurs. 100%. He's almost like too good. But, but it, 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 it makes it, I think, less relatable to... Because I... like the every Alan, man like Alan you Grant, and me. You're like, I would probably run away like that as well. <laughs> Because like he doesn't fight ever. No, he no, runs. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, that's what you would do. That's yeah. what you would do yeah. in this situation. So, but not Nick. No, not Nick. No. Not Nick Harris. <laughs> so he's on the ground. He shot a couple of compies. The rest of them sort of poke over the yep. thing. He shoots another one in the head, and then the rest of them sort of scatter yeah, away. Great. So he's safe for now. He looks around, gets his sort of bearings. He seems to be in the staff quarters. He traces the map that he gets out. He sees that he could take a utility tunnel to the power station. And it's only about 200 yards from the beach if he gets through there. He looks around. He sees a hatch in the floor. He goes over to it, opens it up, and there's darkness inside. He gets his flashlight out. He's just deciding how he should sort of tackle this situation. And then wham, the digger crashes through the window that he just came through. It starts running at him, lunges at Nick. Nick backs away and throws a bunk bed in front of it. Bunk bed lands on top of it. Then Nick dives for this hatch hole, falls down it and pulls it closed beneath him. And he starts hearing the uh, the digger above him start clawing. Yeah. He's got big claws, yeah, mate. They're yeah, made. Yeah. They're made to dig. Big bulbous claws. So he doesn't have. He doesn't <laughs> have much time. So he starts ripping and, and clawing at that stuff. So he gets his little torch out, and he starts to descend into this dark, dark tunnel. We then cut to uh, the pilot Darwin, who we haven't heard from before. He's circling around, um, and he has the line. You're supposed to be here, dude. <laughs> so he's is that over his comms, is it? Yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 cool. The plane then makes a water landing. Darwin, uh, he sort of gets out, looks around. This gig's gnarly enough without being late, man. <laughs> Security guards, spy gear, probably some kind of psychosaurus still running around <laughs> out here. You've got 10 minutes, buddy. <laughs> great character. <laughs> great character. Great character. Classic Darwin. Yes, I'll just tell you right now. He won't be around for long. <laughs> Back in the utility tunnel, Nick is following pipes above him, just very mm-hmm. similar to uh, how Ellie was yep. getting out when she was going to the power station. Sort of walking through there. He starts to crunch on something underneath. He looks down, it's eggshells. Oh. Dozens of eggshells. Terrific. It's the nursery. <laughs> he hears the digger roar in the background. He realises he's got to get a move on. Uh-huh. He picks up the pace. Then something in silhouette drops down from the pipes behind him. Nick turns a corner. He sees a shaft of light down the end. There's the end of the corridor. He starts, he starts running towards it. He points the flashlight ahead of him to see three Dilophosauruses standing there. Now, they're the spitters. The spitters. The spitters, yeah. yeah. The frilly spitters. The frill That's what I call them. Yeah. <laughs> the frilly spitters are standing in front of him. They all start hissing at him. And they pop their mantles around. Uh, he turns around and there's four more spitters behind him now as well. They hear another roar as the digger starts making its way down the tunnel as well. Nick gets his pistol out. He starts firing at the three spitters in front of him. 
He then jumps up onto the pipes above him and starts like, <laughs> like crawling along right. the roof <laughs> as the spitters are sort of spitting at him from below. Yeah. Um, Nick grabs the ladder to the end of the corridor. He swings out onto it. And then the nearest spitter jumps up, grabs his leg. Nick starts kicking it in the back of the head. He tries to shoot it with his gun. Click. He's got no more bullets. He throws the gun at the spitter's head. It falls off his leg, bounces to the ground. Then he dives through the open door, closes it behind him, and starts running off down the beach. A spitter starts uh, poking its head around where the door was, and then it's dragged back in by the digger as we hear a commotion of things being eaten. Nick starts sprinting off down towards the beach. He runs into about a 12-foot-high fence. He studies it. He finds a small hole, and he starts crawling underneath it. His bag can't fit through as well, so he sort of takes his bag off Uh and gets there. He looks back just in time to see the digger smashing into the fence (laughs) and start clawing at him. He manages to quickly move his hand out. He grabs the Barbasol can from his pack, pulls it back through the fence, and he says, see you on the beach. And he runs off. (laughs) Don't tell him where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) Rookie mistake. The digger then starts digging underneath Uh as he does. He's a digger. Darwin is sitting on the plane checking his watch. We see Darwin look over and he sees Nick break through the jungle. Start it up, start it up, taxi out, I'll swim to you, go, go, go. Then the digger runs out from the jungle as well. Nick dives into the water, starts swimming towards the plane. Darwin, dude, I'll come back around. The plane then takes off and starts looping back around Uh towards Nick as he's swimming out there. It's getting closer and closer. The digger is now, they're not great swimmers, Mm -hmm. so he's on the shoreline just sort of walking back and forth waiting to see what happens with Nick. The plane then starts coming around. He uh, sort of leads, leads like a rope down to try and catch Nick as he goes by. It's getting closer, closer, Nick, um, closer, closer, yeah. and then <laughs> chomp. A giant Chronosaurus, right. which is this guy down here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they yeah. showed up in the Jurassic World as well. Well, well a, a variation of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Not not quite a chronosaurus, yeah. but it very it's very similar. It's, it's like the, the the huge aquatic dinosaur. Yeah. That was and, that and was the mosasaurus. Right. Yes. Yeah. Slightly different, right. but I forgive you for uh, <laughs> for not picking that up. <laughs> so, the giant chronosaurus jumps out of the water and bites the back end of the plane. The plane then smashes into the ground, um, bobbing on the surface. Darwin, he's fine at this point. He gets out of the thing. He goes, dude, what the hell was that? I'm okay. Swim over. Chomp. (laughs) The Crotosaurus comes back, chomps up our good mate Darwin, never to be seen again. Uh, Then he starts uh, swimming out. Nick at this point is like... Well, what's he going to do? He looks to the shoreline. He sees the digger. He looks out. He sees the Crotosaurus. Then a helicopter makes its way around. Lucky. Yeah. Makes its way around the corner. He looks up. starts waving at the helicopter. This gunship helicopter starts lowering a ladder. Nick grabs onto the bottom of it. Up, up, get up. Take off, take off. He starts slowly rising out of the water. He gets just out of reach. And then the Chronosaurus leaps out again, snapping just <laughs> beneath Nick's feet. Classic. Would have been a different film if it just ate Nick yeah, there. Yeah. Very different <laughs> film. Credits. Credits. Yeah. NC. He's pulled inside the helicopter and he sees everyone wearing the same security uniforms as before. I hope you haven't forgotten our can. This is a new guy called Nando. That's oh, cool. Um, he's the head guard. Nick looks up, points to his ears. Sorry. I can't hear you. Bam. Knocked unconscious. Yeah. So, 
that seems to be a trend. If we need to get yeah, yeah, scene transitions, yeah. it's always knocking unconscious in these films. Yeah, yeah. Crusade was uh, lousy with unconscious scene transitions. Massively. Now, that was a pretty action-packed opening. That was. So how far into the script are we at this point? Yeah, see, we're not even that far in. So, so it's only like probably 20 pages or what so. What does it take in the first Jurassic Park to see a dinosaur? It's like 50 minutes, right? Uh, it's a long yeah. time before we see the first dinosaur. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And like this, that, the, the, this is, what, what are we, maybe 20 minutes in? Oh, yes, if that. And we've had like a new breed of raptors. We've had the spitters. We've, oh, with uh, compies. We've had everything. Every- and we've been on the original island as well. And so many people have died. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's an absolute bloodbath out there. It's ridiculous. So it's action-packed. But how, again, how are we going to get to the Swiss Alps? That's that's That's... It seems so far away at this point. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't make the connections. Now, Nick opens his eyes. He's covered in blood. He's lying on the floor of the helicopter. The Barbasol can is lying on top of Nando's lap. Nando's joking about with the pilot in Spanish, ignoring Nick on the ground. Nick looks out the side of the open helicopter door and he sees a beach below him, thickly populated by swimmers. Nick takes a few deep breaths and lunges, grabbing the aerosol can from Nando's lap and rolls right out the helicopter door. <laughs> That's right. He tumbles into the waves and he starts swimming to shore. This Nick guy can really do anything, He mate. really can. The helicopter turns around and starts chasing him up the beach. Nick reaches the beach. He runs for the local stores. You know, they like yeah, sell yeah, fried yeah. food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the stores. Like hut-style stores. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The helicopter... Now, this... I think this is a little extreme. The helicopter blades getting so close to the ground that they start digging up sand. <laughs> like some sort so of... So done such a tilt. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that this is a very populated yeah, beach. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. you're going a little extreme in that point. So I feel like, I mean, I don't know that much about helicopters, I will admit, but I feel like once that happens, the, it would just flip, right? The I, helicopter. I think it's, if it's hitting ground, yeah, it would just then flip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would go contact, flip over. Exactly. So Nick ducks in and out of the alleyways. He sort of loses the helicopter oh. underneath all these uh, stores. He comes to a cafe and he runs inside. There's an old owner in there. He hands the owner the Barbasol can. He says, I'll be back to pick this up later. He ducks out the back door and he makes his way to a phone booth. We have a second to catch our breath. He calls up Overton. He goes, I'm very hot right now. I'll contact you when I'm clear. Overton responds with, keep your head down. I'll catch up with you later. They hang up. There's not a lot of dialogue there. It's just gets to the meat of it. Uh, then we cut to Nick coming back to his hotel room. Strange that you'd go back to your hotel yeah, room yeah, if you made a booking Yeah, where there. you'd booked in. Yeah. So um, what do you think happens when he gets back to his hotel room? Well, I mean, they're there, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're definitely there. And they proceed to spray, like, chloroform gas into his face, unconscious. Yeah, because you've got to change location. Got to change location, mate. <laughs> this time, Nick opens his eyes, not to the sound of a helicopter, but to the sound of yodeling. <laughs> Now that's yeah, a transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, you asked before, how do we get to the Swiss Alps? Who knows? Yeah, who <laughs> we knows? don't see. Who knows? He's literally been unconscious for about two days. We are now in the Swiss Alps. He looks around. He's in a small stone room. He checks the doors. It's locked. Pops his head out the window. He realizes he's in this stone tower in sort of a medieval castle on the mountainside. And he's in the Swiss Alps. I'm not sure how he realized he was in the Swiss Alps so instantaneously. <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty recognizable. Um, he turns on the TV to see a German-speaking channel, Italian-speaking. You start to get the picture. Yep. Knock, knock, knock. A butler with a Swiss accent enters the room. They are ready for you downstairs. <laughs> I, can't I, I, I love the hesitation before you're like, do I do the accent? I've done the other accent. This is a question for Cambo. Yeah. Give me a Swedish accent, oh, please. I, no, they're so hard. They're so hard. They're so hard. 
Why is it Swedish? Because, like, even if I try, it just becomes, like, like generic, weird, foreign. Yes. It's like, oh, yes, I'm from Sweden. You yeah, know? It's yeah, like, like, but that's not really it's Swedish. Sort of, it's sort of a little like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of up and down. And yeah. You want... They are ready for you downstairs, Mr. I, it's terrible. It's terrible. I'm insulting all our Swiss listeners. Um, so Nick then gets fully dressed mm-hmm. and he walks downstairs um, to open out into a giant hall. It's not only for ceremony, you know. The halberd, the Swiss guards who protect the Pope and the Vatican could do a good deal of damage with these. Of course, they've also got an automatic pistol somewhere under those crazy uniforms. Maybe you should apply for a job. I haven't seen you since... What? Honduras? I helped you get kicked out of the country, remember? To be deported from Honduras. What horror must I have perpetrated? Selling guns to the wrong people, as I recall. But they were the right people when I began the transaction. The political sands are ever shifting. Something the Swiss understand better than anyone. This castle was built in the late 15th century by a local warlord and self-styled baron, seeking to isolate himself from the endless armed conflicts of Europe. And, if possible, to profit from them. He hired men, trained them to fight, selling, uh, I should say, renting their services to whomever put cash on the barrel head. Security forces, invasion, sieges. The Swiss mercenary was a force to be reckoned with. My employer, the current Baron von Drax, is a principal stockholder and CEO of the Grendel International Corporation. Well, you make a hell of a tour guide, Joyce, but what do you want with me? You have something that belongs to us. I lost in the ocean. What can I say? We'll match Hamden's offer. Yeah, but I made my deal with him. But you haven't delivered it, have you? It's, um, it's somewhere safe. I'm happy to hear that, Nick. I do apologize for the abrupt nature of your transportation here, but the sensitive nature of the material in question... Like that it's illegal. There was some consideration given to torturing the whereabouts out of you. I suggested that. Given your history, this would be counterproductive. Besides, we want you to work for us. Grendel plans to use the material from Jurassic Park in much the same way as that envisioned by your Mr. Hamm. The United Nations? When the infestation of creatures begins to seriously inconvenience the first world, the United Nations will snap to attention previously rejected solutions, drastic as they may seem, will be reconsidered. Solutions we'd be able to offer. For a price. Naturally. 
And then there's a related project, the one we hope you'll become involved in. Remodeling out here? That's what we tell the tourists. A souvenir from our cleanup effort on Isla Nublar. We raised it from an egg. From an embryo, to be precise. Like the embryos you stole from us. Nick, this is our chief of applied genetics, Sherman Fostick. Maybe we should put him down with her for a while and just kind of see- Be polite, Sherman. We haven't even had dinner yet. Too much Dungeons and Dragons. Not enough socializing with the other children. Why bother having that thing if you're just going to keep it shut up in a dungeon? Oh, one never knows when an Ankylosaurus might come in handy. Come, see the new wing. The castle sits on an enormous cavern in the mountain. The original Baron kept his wine down here. We've expanded a bit. Corporation pay for all of this? We have several products that are doing very well at the moment. An insect-resistant rye grain, super strains of hops and barley. And of course, we were the first in Europe to market pre-sliced cheese. Dairy is very important here in Switzerland. Is that one of your cows? Ooh. <laughs> now, you do recognize that sound effect, don't you? The raptor at yes, the end. Yes, that's yeah, the yeah. classic raptor noise. Yeah, the, so it's we've like got a cough almost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So there's a couple more dinosaurs there. Mm-hmm. For you. So you've got the the other one that they had in the basement was the Ankylosaurus. Yeah, so which one is that one? So that's the bomby knocker tail one. Oh, right, so yeah, actually, cool. Actually, it was in Jurassic World, World yeah. yeah, but it's not in any of the other ones. That's really cool. And then this is your, your raptor. Yeah. But nice. not your classic raptor. No. no. There's a little bit something else going okay. on. Okay, and, and so he's keeping these in the basement of his castle yes. in the Swiss Alps. Yeah, so there's the castle part, and mm-hmm. then they've redone the bottom to be sort of like a lab sort of like <laughs> Interesting. Dungeon. Still, again, idea. I think that were kind of used in Jurassic 100%. World, uh, Fallen Kingdom specifically. Yep. The mansion, like, yeah, the big, the big man, yep. big stately home, but underneath it was, you know, yeah, correct, correct. Okay, so we hear the raptor. They walk through. Nick looks into this pen and he sees an eight feet tall Dionychus. Right, uh-huh. so Dionychus is. If you want to get technical, so it is a raptor, right? And the Dionychus is actually, the velociraptors that you see, a velociraptor is actually a lot smaller Mm -hmm. than what they were portrayed in Jurassic Park. And and like more feathered, right? Yeah, well, (laughs) that's another whole thing. I feel like everyone's illusion of the raptor over the last 25 years has been absolutely shattered. Absolutely blown out of the water. Well, the ones in Jurassic Park actually look more like Dionychus. Right. But I I think originally that that name was just hard to say. So they just went, oh, we're just going to call it Velociraptor and we can call them raptors for short. Um, so it didn't really work. So they brought the Dionychus back for this one. Good. About time. Yeah, about time. About later time. I mean, um, I've just learned about it, but it's about yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So the Dionychus, and it's trotting in a little circle. Yeah. And it's uh, sort of moving back and forth in sort of a bull ring sized enclosure that okay. they've got down there. It's uh, It's got a spray painted X1 on its side. Uh, and it's got a little regulator box on its head. <laughs> and then they're, um, they're met by uh, Maya, Maya Lundberg. She's described as a woman in a lab coat. Oh, wow. I can well, picture her now. Mate, just well-written <laughs> female parts. Well, it's film. good because you would know that this script would point out if she was fat. 
She'd be surrounded by candy wrappers. (laughs) People would be commenting on it. This workstation's a mess. (laughs) Yeah, there'd be all that, all that. But no, she's not. She's a woman in a lab coat. And she's actually the head of the behavioral modifications yeah, mm-hmm. um, at uh, of um, the dinosaurs at, at changing the behaviors of the dinosaurs at Grendel International. This is what she does. So they explain to Nick that X one here, he's the uh, alpha male, and that they're currently uh, stimulating the part of the brain that controls rage and aggression. So they've right. amped up the rage and uh-huh. aggression through this little box on its head. Um, they've placed strategic implants to control his neuroodipip. Peptides, neuropeptides, neuropeptides, whatever they are. <laughs> so they're controlling them, uh-huh. um, basically allowing them to either enrage the creatures or to pacify them. Oh. Right. So they're pumping. Basically, they're making them into drug addicts. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so, so they, they've got a little box on their head. Yep. And that controls the rage center of their yes. mind and pacifies them. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Exactly right. Now they demonstrate this to Nick by turning one of the dials. All the way up. Oh, no. um, they do this in front of Mayer as well. And then the Dionychus, he, uh, he starts getting really aggravated and like, crazy. And then they go, now watch this. And they turn it all the way down. And the Dionychus sort of crouches down into a ball, sort of sits on the ground. Nick's obviously very impressed with this. Um, and they sort of asks him, they sort of asks about them, like, why are you doing this? Why, why have you got this control over it? Everyone sort of looks at each other, not wanting to sort admit. Of admit what they're doing here. Uh, and then they... Then they say, look, Nick, it's time for another demonstration. Come, come, we'll show you what we're working on. So they take him out, they leave. But as they're leaving, Maya slips a piece of paper into Nick's hand as they're leaving. And on the paper it says, well, (laughs) no, not a candy wrapper. It says on it, do not give them the embryos. And they leave outside. Well, we have come to the end of part one of our cancelled movie report for Jurassic Park 4. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love it if you would subscribe, be it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. It really does help us get discovered in the charts. It would also be terrific if you could give us a five-star rating or most importantly of all, just tell a friend. We're completely independent here at Cancelled Movie Report, so your support really does mean the world to us. And hey, what do you think of the movie so far? And have we missed anything? We would love to hear from you. You can always get in touch with us via cancelledmovies at gmail.com or at cancelledmovies on all of the socials. And hey, maybe you have a cancelled movie project you've always wanted to hear about. Why not let us know? Fill out the form in the episode description, alerting us to a project, and we may just give it the cancelled movie report treatment next season. I'm Michael Campbell. I have hosted and edited this episode, and Eden Porter was my co-host too. We both produced the show, and Sam DiLorenzo was the sound engineer. We'd also like to thank our amazing voice cast, all of which are noted in the episode notes below. And make sure you keep listening next week for the conclusion of Jurassic Park 4. But if you can't wait, here is a sneak peek. (laughs) To a military training montage. With dinosaurs. Yeah. So basically, they've got Nick sending the raptors through their paces. (laughs) And until next time, take care.